going to get better results if you're getting poor results now by applying the exact same mindset thinking principles hello everyone thanks for joining us for episode nine billion dollar global industry that involves meditation techniques from thousands of years ago to new information relating to our brains discovered in the last decade motivational speeches strategic life planning problem solver clarity creator or something else altogether in the world of self-help so where do you start who do you believe in this show we discuss how to navigate the world of self-help so with that let's get to the show the rule one investing team so basically some sacrifices is being needed to be made and finding time and waking up earlier and you know making sure i get all the requirements done but uh you know, putting my money where my mouth is effectively, right? Like I want to ensure my family's future for a very, 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 very long time, forever, really, and, and long past I'm gone. And I want to help other people do the same for their families. So, you know, continue to get better at it myself. So yeah, just decided to take that on, which I guess in a way ties into business, but more just uh, my other half of the equation, passion, and that's just learning more and more and more about finance. So yeah, that's not really business as usual. So figuring out how to make that all fit, but it's fun. I enjoy it. Awesome. Awesome. And when, when does that kind of get rolling? When's that start? It did last week. So still, yeah, like I, I was just doing some work on it before we started this right now. And, uh, this is, this is a whole new language, you know, the world of, uh, you know, any, any of options trading and all the different ways to do it. So my mind is hurting with uh, terms and uh, different things that I'm, I'm needing to learn, but it's it's coming. But yeah, just figuring out how to mesh the two. It's it's like going to school again at an MBA level. So it's uh, my, my mind is is sore, uh, but it's good. It's it's a good test and I'm happy to be doing it. But uh, I think, uh, you know, if anybody's watching this, they're going to want me to ask this question. Uh, what's up with the with the schnoz, my friend? What's going on there? in the middle of the the old noggin <laughs> what's what's up with the schnoz well i was i was born with this nose so it is a very very big nose for people <laughs> that, that have not been or have not watched or don't follow us on social media but i went to the doctors the other day and i know that it's summertime over for you guys and i'm down here in australia and it's and it's winter and you know three degrees and four degrees but i went to the doctors the other day and uh they looked at this kind of bit of dry skin that was rather, you know, nondescript. It wasn't large on my nose by any stretch of imagination. They said, oh, that's that's kind of a form of skin cancer. You should do something about that. It's not a melanoma, but, um, you know, you should should do something about that. So they've basically given me this cream to put on it twice a day for at least a month. And it and it looks like it's absolutely just burning a hole through my nose. So for anybody that's out there, don't be foolish when it comes to the sun and uh, – slip slop slap was the old thing that we had down here in australia many years ago but put that sunscreen on because uh you shouldn't muck around with it and these times of change in climate and extreme weather um, you don't want this on your face you don't want this nose on your face and you certainly don't want this red nose on your face so do something about it thanks for uh Thanks for calling that out, Sean. I do appreciate that. <laughs> no, man. Well, I, hope, I hope you're good, and, and I hope the prognosis is all good. And you're you're not wrong. It's funny, you know, ignorance of youth, if you will. It was always, you know, like no, I don't want to put sunscreen on. I want a better tan. You know, like it, the the different tactics to enhance your tan, and it's it's amazing. It's amazing how short term wins out. You know, short term thinking wins out so much of the time. Just put the sunscreen on. 
you're, one day you're going to be like, why did I not put more of it on? Could not agree more. Absolutely. Short-term thinking, get that tan, get this note. All righty So, Sean, uh, we're talking about the self-help industry today, and we both serve in that, which includes anyone from a 16-year-old podcaster, an aspiring 16-year-old podcaster, to world-famous authors talking about psychology, philosophy, and everything in between. And, and I know you're an absolute avid reader. Is there a book that you recall um, standing out more than another that sped up your journey that you're on now? You know, what did it teach you, and, and does it still have effects for you to this moment today and that talk to us yeah what one book uh that, that i remember specifically when a lot of the the, the self-help stuff self-help stuff crystallized for me was uh a book called the mindful athlete the uh, author was george mumford and i've been on this journey of sobriety already for a few years uh, i'd been figuring it out you know working in a in a, in a corporate job in hospitality and climbing in that company and some things were clicking but it was just not moving very fast and it was lacking excitement and i just kind of wasn't happy and i read this book the mindful athlete by george mumford and it changed my definition of of hard and and what was going to be necessary to go and pursue a life that was going to give that feeling of, of real joy and fulfillment and the book basically to sum it up as quickly as I can is this individual, George Mumford was in college roommates with Dr. J Julius Irving, one of the, the best basketball players of all time. Yep. And uh, George Mumford was pretty damn good himself, like probably going to play in the show. And then his knees just kind of went on him. So let's get towards the end of the story. Opioids are involved. He's hiding them in his life. You know, work as an investment banker is, is going okay, but he's just not really happy. And, gets clean fully back towards a life of mindfulness uh you know working at the mindfulness institute of the us and finds his way back to basketball poetically right working with michael jordan pippen kobe and Shaq, and it just was a lesson about really stepping back and asking yourself really amazing questions and and going where those lead you right so that your mm -hmm. self-help journey is your own right like you're really going down a path that is going to bring you fulfillment as opposed to trying to mimic what you see out there, what is being packaged in a flashy way. And that book was magical for me because it made sure that I headed off in a direction that was authentically my own and one where I was going to be happy with the outcome, regardless of necessarily what I accumulated, but just because I was heading in a direction that I, that I was passionate about. So I still use that with clients to make sure that at no point during our time together that they get stuck following a program that is not their own, right? That they're authors of the self-help journey that they're writing. And that is, that is a, you know, that was huge for me because if I, I don't know if I read that book, I probably get here eventually, but that definitely shotgunned it ahead. How old were you when you read that? Sorry. Uh, that wasn't a terribly long time ago. You know, I, I was already sober, but I probably read that, you know, four or five years ago when, you know, the improvements that I was making in sobriety kind of started to escalate, right? Mm -hmm. Was, you know, in and around reading that book and, and, and seeing George's roundabout story to get to where he got to just made me realize how many times things can change in life, right? Like mm -hmm. how your current story just does not have to be your reality, how it can change multiple times. And, you know, as The Rock says, sometimes, you know, the best thing that happened to you is the best thing that never happened. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, that, right. was, uh, that was that. That was that. But uh, 
Yeah, I want to, a couple things I'd love to ask you, if you don't mind. One, I just, I kind of want to hear where this all started for you, right? You've got a big passion. You want to impact, uh, you know, a million lives by 2025, very powerful mission, you know, like dri driven by purpose. Where did it start for you? Because you had a lot of, of corporate roles and, and it was progressing and things were going very well. Mm. And there wouldn't have necessarily been what one would have called a need for a change, but you find yourself here. So where did this, you know, burning desire and passion start for you? Yeah, it it started it started fairly late um that's kind of why i was asking you you know when did it start for you because you know in high school and even early 20s and stuff like that you know self-help wasn't even on my radar of anything i think a motivational quote from michael jordan or a basketball player in a nike commercial was about as far as i'd really gotten to thinking in that space and certainly had spent no time doing any reflection um but you know, I met I met a guy years ago, and he was the owner of a, a Melbourne Cup winning horse. For those guys that aren't familiar with the Melbourne Cup, so it's a big horse race here. You know, world famous. You know, one of the richest ones in the world. And and I'd met the guy that actually had purchased or owned one of these um, one of these racehorses, and I, we were having a drink out of the Melbourne Cup at that point in time, which was another story altogether that I'll share maybe on another time. And I said to him, where did life kind of change for you? Because he was a you know, wealthy developer and all these other things. And he said, oh, Tony Robbins changed my life. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? He said, well, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. I saw Tony Robbins and, you know, it changed from there. And to cut a long story short, I said to him, okay, great, that'd be fantastic. I wish I saw Tony Robbins. He said, well, I'll actually bring Tony Robbins out to Australia now. I'll organize a few tickets for you. And I thought this was going to be like a two-day or two-hour kind of seminar in Melbourne. It ended up being a five-day event in Sydney. Myself and my you know, wife or partner at the time flew to Sydney and did this thing and absolutely blew my mind, absolutely blew my mind, the whole walking on fire and, and everything else. And that really started to, to awaken something in me in regards to how I was going about life, how I was engaging with people. Um, and, you know, it really went from there. There was this quote that Tony talks about, which is change your story and change your life. And, and that absolutely hit me really hard. And from that point in time, I just came back and started to make these changes within the workspace. And then it led, uh, eventually kind of led to the stuff that we're doing now. But that's a long answer, but it was, yeah, Tony Robbins all from having this conversation, this very random conversation with this gentleman who said, take these two tickets and I'll share more about the tickets another time. But um, yeah, that's where it started. That's where it started. That's an awesome story, man. And, you know, in terms of like, where did the journey start for me? Seeds were planted all throughout life. And looking back on some of them, I'm grateful for some of the seeds that did get planted. The book I read before it was ready, but it still planted some mm. something in my mind. You know, like there were several of those, but it just never really fully engaged until I want to say like, yeah, 32, 33 sounds about right. You know, like four years ago when yeah. reading that George Mumford book, because there was another reference to a story I'm sure you've heard in that book where it's talking about the good or the bad wolf, right? Like, have you heard of this story about how we all have a good and a bad wolf inside of us? McConaughey has shared it in a speech, mm -hmm. but you know, basically it's an old, like I think Indian tale, Cherokee tale, I could be wrong, but basically mm -hmm. it's the, you know, the elder is talking to the, to the youngster and, and basically talking about, you know, 
how we all have a good and a bad wolf inside of us and that the you know good but wolf is like all of the good values and the good qualities that you want to nurture and you know the the bad wolf is like the greed and the 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 bad things in human nature right that, that they're both trying to feed on what you put inside mm-hmm. and the story like of course i'm paraphrasing and it's it's told much better in the book and and by many other people who have told it before but basically the story just kind of tails off and then the youngster asks the elder well well wait a minute who who wins right and the moral of the story is the one you feed and that also helped me kind of get it right as i was like okay that's why i've been having intermittent success right like in and out of success if you will like go on stretches of things are looking amazing and if i can continue this the future is incredibly bright followed by crashes to reality right i didn't understand cycles at the time and i didn't really understand the world of self-help and that little story the good and the bad wolf really kind of made me understand something and look closer at success stories and the backside of them right and like what people are actually doing to get these results in their lives and that's so effectively like when it really started was yes around 32 33 when i went from understanding a lot of this in theory and then saying well what happens if i do a bunch of this stuff and continue to for the rest of my life yeah i love it i love that story i haven't heard about um the good and the bad wolf before It, it reminds me a little bit, you know, when I work with clients, usually towards the end of their time, actually, no, it mixes around a little bit. Sorry to jump on that one. But um, I talk to people about the different personas that they have. So what I try to enable people to do is that, okay, there's there's this part of life that you're trying to develop and there's this persona that exists for you day in and day out. And, you know, Sean, this is your day in and day out persona. So name him, you know, what does he do in regards to his characteristics and you know behaviors and whatnot and what triggers the other version of sean to appear and we might call sean sam and when sam comes along the persona of sam what does he do right so what are his habits what are his behaviors and and why does he kind of occur and when people can start to uncover the difference between the everyday versus this other persona a bit like what you're talking about with good and bad wolf then enables them to really re-educate themselves on this other person that appears and the values that they no longer do so um, i think that's an awesome story i'm going to try and interweave that into the the persona thing that I do with people. So thank you for sharing. I, I, I love yeah, it. No, uh, Google it. And if you're listening as well, Google it. I mean, Matthew, if you Google Matthew McConaughey, good and bad wolf, he does a very entertaining rendition, but others have done it. It's uh, you know, it's old folklore and it's a, it's a great little tale. So definitely look it up. That'd be maybe the, the, the biggest takeaway you get from this episode. Who knows? Absolutely. Wolf persona work on it. I love it. Hmm. While you're, All right, where are we going now? Well, I think we're going to get into the. We haven't done this one for a little while, I don't think. Maybe last episode. So we're going to get into the, you know, the quotes from the greatsman. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you, you you've talked a lot about Tony Robbins, yes, and his impact on you. So I'm going to start there, obviously. Uh, and I, I love this as well. I use this one often. If you've if you've gone through any video compilation on YouTube ever and looked up motivational quotes or winning psychologies, you've heard this little rant. But you know, take it away. I'm actually curious to know too, Luke. Is this also one of the things you maybe heard early from him that really helped also shift shift you on this journey? But what does this mean to you? Burn the yeah. boats. If you want to conquer the island, burn the boats. 
Yeah, I I um I did hear this early on with him, and I think it actually took a real a little while for it to kind of stick and figure out what it meant. But you know, I look at it and say that our mind will always try to find the way out. Um, you know, it'll often try to find an easy way out or an alternate way out as soon as it starts to run into some something new or something challenging. So his point of burning the boats, if you want to conk the island, is is really getting to the mindset and the space where there is no alternative other than the path that you are on. So if you burn the boats, uh, you can't get off that island. You need to take the island no matter what. And that's that was something really powerful is if you want to make change in your life, then, then you need to be setting yourself up that there is no alternative other than to move forward and to do those things. Because you, if you leave yourself enough wiggle room, then quite often you'll slip back up and, and go in the other direction. And that's that's the hard part, right? Like that's what we all battle with. You know, we might want to do these amazing things, but, you know, why do we keep on slipping up and getting back into this cycle where we were? But, I, yeah, I, I just really love that. Uh, what do you take away from it out of curiosity, Sean? It's just similar things, just like stop allowing for the other possibility to be an option, you know, mm. just like commit for the rest of your life if, if, if it's necessary to chase this outcome and do it passionately, right? Because I, I know where, you know, having done this long enough now and having not had a traditional job for as long as I have now, uh, I very much understand what happens to the object of your desire and what you focus on and the energy with which you bring to that focus, right? Because that means that you're going to do the work, you're going to enjoy doing the work, and you're going to continue to improve your systems at doing the work, right? Because you're very clear of, of focus and goal. And, you know, that like once I kind of committed to that, where I was like, you know what, I've got a healthy amount set aside, and I'm in a comfortable place. Like, if not now, when, right? Like, I'm burning the option of that other job and, and running back. And I remember just kind of stopping even entertaining interviews. And that moment, something kind of like, like a real shift happened, you know, and it was kind of linear to this. And I was probably thinking about this, to be honest with you, like, cause this quote has also been close to my mind for a lot of my life. And I just thought, no, like burn the safety net of, well, I could always get another job because I know, I know at the end of the day, that is the obvious answer, but I made it in my mind seem as though, no, that is absolutely not an option. Like making this work, like being able to look at my kids one day when I tell them to go after what they're passionate about, if, if they ask me, well, did you, and I couldn't answer yes. I wasn't going to be okay with that, right? So like that was my kind of burn the boats moment probably around a year ago kind of thing or nine, 10 months ago was really when I just kind of leaned in and I was like, no, this is it. I'm leaning into this as long as it takes to to just be my life. And mm. yeah, it's it's powerful. And like that, that's the thing is some people will always kind of counter with, yeah, but like it's not that easy to just kind of, you know, visualize the boats burning or, you know, give myself like no ways out or whatever it might be. At, at the start, yeah, it's a little difficult to create those scenarios in your mind and, and make them believable and, you know, work at uh, only seeing one option. But that's part of it. That's part of the work of the journey is having such a clear and powerful destination that you're, you'll endure almost anyhow to achieve your why. 
Yeah. I think that's why deadlines eventually work really well for people too, because that in essence is kind of like burning the boats. Like we we flaff around with things for so long until we have this looming deadline. Then all of a sudden it kind of snaps us into action. Up until that point in time, you know, we go through this, well, I can't do this, or maybe I'll do it later, or I'll try and do it this way, or can I, you know, say that the dog ate my homework or whatever it is. But as soon as that looming deadline appears, we're like, okay, you know, we need to move forward. But, um, you know, I'd love to, love to ask you this one though, Sean. So life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated um, and Confucius. Overthinking the journey ahead is a common block to starting. Chop wood, carry water. I love that. I love chop wood, carry water. Yeah. Well, I mean, like to shorten the chop wood, carry water portion is, uh, I, I think it's a Buddhist saying uh but you know basically like on your on your path to enlightenment and on your path to enlightenment chop wood carry water right uh like once it once enlightenment achieved chop wood carry water right just go right back to doing what you were doing on the way there and you know what that means to me like is that the chop wood carry water was just kind of an added piece the the confucius quote was ended with you know but we insist on making it complicated but they both play so well together. But the Confucius quote is just what I did with so much of my life. Like I, I resisted the idea of, you know, the simple way often being the best way. And this is where a lot of us get stumped, man. And you're big on habits. You're big on tiny habits, big wins. And, you know, this is, this is the thing that is, is so critical to get through to clients is just understand the power of what you do daily really is where the answers lie. And if you can just kind of detach from the outcome and understand that absolutely bloody everything is on a compound interest line, right? It's on a compound interest curve. Like think about when you put the work in physically to, you know, sign up for a race, maybe I don't know if you've ever done a race or a triathlon. I know big sporting in, in Australia, but whatever it might be, you, you signed up for something and you're starting to train for it, right? It, it doesn't happen all at once. It's almost like, you know, the universe, whatever power greater than yourself is waiting to see how badly you want it before it lets you start benefiting from this part of the curve, because that's just simply how compound interest works in investing. Uh, that's how compound interest works with basically everything. Like the more that you put in, there's going to be that kind of like a lot of energy going into the inertia. And then all of a sudden, boom, like if you stay with the, stay with it long enough, you're going to get shot out of a cannon. But with self-help, we overcomplicate it and look for like the most complex solution and like keep digging and keep digging as opposed to accepting the simplest reality, which is just, let's get real honest with ourselves and look at what we do daily and reverse engineer it, right? Like, who are we trying to become? Well, what does that person do daily, right? What, what is their day like? What are they, what is their thinking like? Well, let's reverse engineer that to start doing what they do on a regular basis to eventually get the outcomes that they get. And it's a really roundabout way to say it, but th this is really it. You know, if you're out there and you're thinking, I'm going to get started on my self-help journey, and I'm thinking about who I want to work with, or I'm thinking about, you know, what path do I take? Just start with the end in mind. Like, what am I trying to achieve? What does a life well lived look like to me? And then keep it simple, right? Like the flashiest, overly marketed, uh, you know, paid a promo person might not be for you, right? You might benefit from going to a high level individual and just buying their course, like a Brandon Bruchard offline, or you might want the one-on-one, -on -one, right? But just make sure the energy is matched and that you, you don't like what they're about and have done a little bit of research and, you know, kind of get into it, but just 
know that, right? I wish I would have known that a long time ago is simple is okay. Simple is often actually best. If you look at the best investors on the planet, I'm going to end it here because this has been quite a rant, Luke, but just read a book called Richer, Wiser, Happier about the best investors of all time and like how they craft lives that are truly uniquely their own. And it, it really comes down to the simplest way is the best way when it comes to investing. But very few people do it because it goes against our desire to constantly see action because these guys wait. They wait for the right opportunity. So they do a lot less trading, but make a lot more money, right? Because mm -hmm. that's the simplest way, but more people don't do it because it goes against human nature. And that's, now we're back. Now we're back to this, but that's my thoughts on that, pal. Try to break that down. No, I won't. I'll, I'll leave it in its, uh, in its perfection. Um, but the Chopwood Carry Water for me also really just gets into that. It's being in the moment. So it's, okay, so I'm here, like if I'm chopping wood or I'm carrying water, I'm in the moment and I'm doing that, that very thing. Um, as you were saying, it's not about overly kind of complicating it. It's not about trying to do all of these other things. In this moment, I chop wood. In this moment, I carry water. And, and that's what I need to do. That's why I'm going to do this. And then that will take me forward to the, to the next thing. And if I think about it, even within you know, the sporting industry that I've worked in before, if I think of elite athletes and how they train, you know, whether or not it is that jump shot or that rebounding technique you know, within a basketball kind of vernacular is that they are in that moment looking to execute that skill and that play to their absolute very, very best ability. You know, they're not worried about the play, you know, five minutes down, you know, down the course of the game. They're worried about that moment, box out, shoot shot, elbow tucked in, you know, release, all of these things. And the same kind of thought needs to be applied to our lives. You know, focus where your feet are at. Do not worry about these things all the way down the road. Like have an eye to it to a degree, which is what you're talking about. But you've got to get the stuff that's that's happening to you right now correct. You know, you 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 want a beach bod, you want to be fit, then be the person that has a training routine and right. finds time to work out five days a week. You know, it, it's really like this is what I'm saying is that in North America, the more people are obese than not right? Mm. Like that's, that's alarming. You know what I mean? More people are overweight than not. Uh, do all those people that are not overweight, not theoretically understand what is necessary to get there. You know what I mean? But unfortunately our, our evolutionary machinery is very easily manipulated and the human is very easily manipulated within that system. So, you know, therefore you do have a lot of people literally drinking the Kool-Aid and eating the Doritos and, you know, not, questioning that or not looking at the incoming stimulus and going, if I continue doing this, right? And I say this as somebody that at my heaviest weight about, you know, I think 270 pounds, right? Right now I'm coming in at about 220, 222. So, you know, I had 50 extra pounds on me from just kind of eating whatever I wanted and drinking everything in sight. So I've been very heavily overweight. My knees hurt. It wasn't comfortable. I was not athletic. I couldn't do the things I used to do. A hike was brutal. So, you know, I've, I've, come down from that right over time and you know the difference for me was again simplicity it was just like well what do the people that are in good physical condition do on a regular basis well duh it's really simple start doing those things and start making it harder on yourself as you go right to, to not plateau it's really not that hard but a lot of people want to pay for the complicated you know what i mean that's mm -hmm. why so many people gaff it in investing and don't stay in it for a very long time is that 
they go in on the hype, do what a lot of other people are doing, constantly trying to trade, thinking that more action always leads to better results. But, you know, if anybody's listening right now and you want to know more about investing, but like really be entertained by a book as well, Richer, Wiser, Happier by William Green, you'll understand what I'm talking about when it comes to if you can go against your human nature and sit on your hands a little bit and wait for the best deals to come, understanding what market cycles look like, you don't actually have to do a lot to do incredibly well, right? Mm -hmm. You've just got to know what you're looking for and simple. And that's what I've been spending all of this time doing is learning the simplest, most effective method that doesn't require a ton of time to capitalize off of the financial markets. Yeah, and I think that's why at the end of the day, that's why you reach out for self-help in whatever particular field it is, right? Like you're trying to find the experts that can enlighten uh, you to head in the right direction. You still ultimately need to do the work and make the choice, but you know, that's why you're, that's why you're reaching out to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People smarter and I will never stop. I will never stop. Right. It's about that. It's about, you know, like I've in our time working together, there's been things I've needed to lean on you for. Right. And like, that's, that's kind of how this whole machine works is for one, not being fearful of admitting that other people know more than you, because that's so many people out there on a subject, at least they're going to know more than you on that subject. Right. So like letting ego go and just becoming curious. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. Thank you for that. Um, let's do another quote. Okay. Well, I want to throw in your way. Uh, Albert. Okay. I like this. So the world as we have created it is a process of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. So this obviously came from a, a very, very deep introspective man. What does this quote mean to you, Luke? Well, th this is kind of the crux of why people you know, maybe should be exploring a little bit more around the whole self-help piece in the first place is that often what happens is that we do get caught in that that bubble of our own thinking or an echo chamber of those that are around us. And, you know, we're not going to be able to create or, you know, form a new world or change our thinking if we keep on going back to the same kind of stuff. And that's what I think he's talking about here is that, you know, you need to change your thinking if you want to impact your results and your results will then impact all of these other things that are going on in life. And there's this cycle that exists, which kind of starts with, you know, our emotion then, you know, forms into behavior and our behavior impacts our results. And those results give us meaning. And then over time, that meaning is tied into the emotion. And then you get on this absolute kind of cycle that keeps on going around and around and around. So if you can't change your thinking, which impacts the emotion, the behavior, the results, and the meaning, then you're always going to spiral, spiral around that. So again, you know, the theme for us today is to talk about navigating this world of self-help. And, and you've absolutely alluded to it before when you're talking about you know, the finance industry and some of the other stuff is that you need to adapt your thinking. Now, not necessarily to be a mini version of these other people around you, but you're not going to get better results if you're getting poor results now by applying the exact same mindset, thinking, principles, strategy, and go, okay, well, I'm going to get a better outcome this time. It just it doesn't happen. It, it just it won't happen. Like You need to change something to change the outcome. And that's kind of Would you say that, that pride is is probably one of the bigger blocks to those outcomes being achieved? Because because that's 
that like I at one point in my life would have probably been offended by that if you told me that you know my thinking was a major problem in where I was I would have probably been quite offended right uh, in in this in the state of mind that I was so uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you uh, someone who's on the verge though how do you how do you massage that in a way that is maybe more acceptable because you're right you're bang on is that you know to in order to get a different outcome you do need to change your thinking just flapping your wings harder and working harder uh if if, if working hard was genuinely the answer right if like if working incredibly hard was the answer well there, there'd be a lot more millionaires out there there would be a whole lot more millionaires out there because they're willing to work really 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 hard but there's something more to it well, 100%. Go, going to the gym seven days a week doesn't mean that you are working to the point where you're going to create the body um, or the fitness level that you want. So it's not just about showing up. And you were talking a little bit before, so you've made mention of pride, and you're also talking before you know, around curiosity. If your pride is in your way and thus ego is in your way from making change, then absolutely take it from the perspective of I'm going to be more curious in regards to how these people are being successful or how these people are making change. So come from it from a fact-finding, information-gathering perspective and go, okay, right, then I'm going to look at it that way. If your ego is just so far in the way at the moment that you can't make change, fine. Just gather that information and see what that does to you. And I think that's where I fell down for so many years. And, you know, I still need to be mindful of it now as well, is that when I was really younger, I didn't have a curiosity mindset at all. And that was driven by fear of if I try something new and different, then if I fuck it up, then that's an issue. And that was a real problem for me. And now I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to improve my knowledge. I'm trying to, as you know, I'm trying to read more books. I, you know, I try to sit down, you know, with every one of my clients. I was talking to a potential new client the other day who's actually just signed on. And he said, well, why do you do this? Why do you have, you know, what is all this about? You know, what do you get out of working with, with people? I said, Part of what I love is understanding more around human behavior and why people do things and how they make changes or why they don't make changes. And that for me is coming from a really deep level of curiosity. Like I'm, I'm becoming absolutely fascinated with it. And when I reflect back, I always have enjoyed it because that's what work has always been for me over these last 25 years. It's about how do I get the best out of humans and human behavior within the workplace, whereas that's going on now. So, And that's driven out of curiosity and having less pride and not going, well, I should know it all or I must know it all or I do know it all. It's now going, you know, truth be told, we don't know shit. You know, we're trying to figure it out, but us as humans... We don't know it all. Come on, give yourself no, a break. No, everyone seems to say they can predict what's happening down to like, uh, you know, a percentage point this next quarter and this company is going to earn exactly this. And then, hey, here comes a pandemic. You know what I mean? So, you know, everyone's crystal ball is at the shop and, and still getting worked on. You know what I mean? Nobody has, uh, you know, like clairvoyance. It's just not going to happen. And yeah, no, I, I love what you said because the why that I do this is, is very, very similar. And you, you can see you know, pretty clearly, I think why curiosity is one of those three questions that I ask myself on a regular basis, 
you know, did I embrace curiosity? Because weeks go very differently if I did versus didn't, you know, new opportunity, meeting new people, uh, exciting new possibilities happen when you embrace curiosity and just kind of go, well, I wonder where that would go if I entertain that wild idea that just came into my mind, right? Yes. Like, let's, let's go that way. That, like, if you completely, if you consistently dismiss that voice in your head, which you could call curiosity, right? Like part of it, you could call curiosity. If you consistently dismiss it, then you allow for predictable roads, mm -hmm. right? You, 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 you are basically accepting predictable pathways because you're allowing the way you think about the past and feel about the past to create a very predictable loop cycle that's going to continue to generate a fairly predictable future, right? Present and future. So it literally, yes, it does get like coming all the way back to Einstein. It is entirely about how you think. And if you allow for new thoughts and new behaviors and new habits, you allow for new paths. Absolutely. I love it. Well, tell me about this one. So Joseph Campbell, I don't believe people are looking for the meaning of life as much as they are looking for the experience of being alive. Well, I mean, that, that, this one can be argued from multiple different standpoints uh, in terms of what people are, are looking for. You know, I think, uh, I, I think some people actually give up long before they think about either of these things. And that's unfortunate. But to me, it just means that the people that are going to kind of find fulfillment or find anything similar to enlightenment or true joy are the ones that one way or another are just going to ask really deep questions. You know, and, and that's what we keep coming back to is the questions that we ask ourselves. Your, your guy, Tony Robbins, and I'm going to paraphrase, but said something along the lines of you can, you can tell, you can measure the success of one's life by the quality of the questions they ask themselves. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's really kind of what this comes down to is, you know, if they're looking for the experience of being alive, well, they're looking, they're seeking, they're looking deep within, right? Because they're trying to kind of figure out uh, the algorithm that, provides them consistent joy what are the things i need to be doing thinking you know surrounding myself with and allowing to enter my mind allowing to enter my body how i use my body right like there's a there's a certain mix of you know how to to get the most out of life for each individual person so that's why you know don't settle on somebody else's way or viewpoint just keep working at it because it's a constant in motion, never ending journey, this world of self-help and this world of figuring yourself out, you can be doing it until the very end. There's always another book to read. There's always another way to look at it. And if you really, really embrace that curiosity, it's, uh, it's a never ending journey, right? Because the journey never ends if you're always on the way. Well, I'll ask you this then. So detaching from the outcome is something that we've discussed before. Why do you think it's necessary on the self-improvement journey to detach from the outcome? Uh, just the obsession. The, the obsession over it not having happened yet is going to take the dream away from many people. Uh, comparison, you know, why does that person have it already? Why do I not, right? Any energy that goes away from just chop wood, carry water, chop wood, carry water on the path to enlightenment, anything that deviates from any version of that is not contributing to your overall mission. So, you know, that's basically why detaching from the outcome is crucial. Like Wayne Dyer is who I first fully understood this concept from, right? He's a pretty solid thinker in terms of creating the life you're after and, you know, visualization and all of these things, which I think are critically important. That's why you tell kids to use their imagination, right? Like yeah. think, like think things into existence. So yeah, detaching from the outcome just gives you a lot of energy back to the process, 
right? If you take all of this energy away that is just spent panicking, worrying about how is this going to happen? How am I going to get this done? Right? Oh my, there's so many steps that are going to be involved in getting there. I'm, oh man, like negative thoughts, negative thoughts, negative thoughts, right? And you, you, you remove that and inject it back in the process. And all of that fear and energy is no longer there. And you're just like, man, I'm learning today. Like, this is fun. I'm getting a little bit closer, right? I'm, I'm solving a few problems that I didn't know yesterday. I'm getting further down the path, right? Think about how much extra energy you free up. If the outcome, you're just kind of like, I'm trusting in this process. I'm trusting in me and my constant evolution. I'm detaching from the outcome. I know where I'm going, right? It's not saying don't have a target, don't have crystal clear targets. It just says, don't allow whether or not that happens and when dominate your thinking because you take a lot of energy from where it should be. And that's in the process. Yeah. Don't, don't get caught up with how you get there to that destination that you seek. If you fail multiple times and have to tweak, tweak, tweak until you get there, then, then don't get caught up with that. So maybe I'll ask you another question. So what can go wrong and what should someone look out for when starting to dip their toes into the world of self, self-improvement? So if someone's sitting there listening to, to this, you know, give us a tip around that. Um, I think just like, you know, you don't have to enter the world, uh, you know, like you're getting shot out of a cannon, you know, at, at, at some, there are certain points in your life where you're thinking, oh, I need to change everything. I need to change it right now. Overwhelm is real, right? Especially when you try to develop new habits and develop new skills. Overwhelm is very, very, very real. Just follow people to whom you like the message. Trust mm-hmm. your gut on a lot of things. I think that, you know, these weapons of mass distraction that we carry around in our pockets do a very good job of, you know, not allowing us to kind of critically think and just spend more time just thinking like, you know, do I relate to this person? Do I relate to this message? Does this message feel good? Do I want to explore this message and explore this possibility? Uh, and if the answers are yes, do it. Not like the worst reason to, to necessarily do self-help is because it's now in vogue or, you know, other people are doing it or you hear, you know, water cooler talk about, you know, going to the seminar or going to that. Like if that gets you in the door, yes. But, you know, it, it, the self-help journey should never be to impress somebody. It mm-hmm. should never be for somebody else. Uh, you know, like have done some inventory first, right? Mm-hmm. Have done a little inventory on like, what, what do I really kind of want out of life? Like maybe try to, you know, latch on to a book or two, go on a Google list and start looking at like top 10 motivational this, top 10 this, right? And you'll find lists for everything. And if you look at who is agreed, who are the agreed upon experts based on ratings and reviews, maybe absorb a little bit of their content, right? So you like before anybody else that's trying to sell you anything can get into your mind, you've started the learning process a little bit already. That's, that is my answer to that. Uh, do you, like, is there anything that you'd add on that? Because I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. I mean, the, the, the list could be a million things long, but to sum that up is just do a little research first, right? Like before you buy anything from anyone. Yeah, I, I, t- I totally agree. I think you've got to, you know, I think you've absolutely got to do your research. Everybody's got a bit of a different flavor. Everybody's got a bit of a different slant on whatever it is, the particular topic that you're talking about. You know, you're, you know, a money EQ coach. So you're talking about the financial world and, you know, how that mindset appears. So whether or not they're looking at you or someone else that works in that space, like it's absolutely dig into it, do some research, see what their philosophy is, you know, watch some YouTube t- uh, clips. And I think at the end of the day, it's exactly what you said. I hate to echo it but or repeat it, but it is. It's do some inventory, 
you know, sit down over the course of a couple of weeks and try to understand a little bit about what's going on in your life. Like just look for those patterns of behavior and where things are going up and down and go, okay, well, this, this seems to be the occurrence that goes on for me, you know, pretty much daily. And then start to look at, okay, who exists within that space, understand a little bit more and, and go from there. But, you know, I can't see there being too many, too many dangers in people actually getting into the, the space just to try and see how they better themselves. You know, don't talk yourself out of it. Give it a go. You know, move forward. I'm not talking about go out and invest $10,000 into, you know, a coaching, you know, clinic or something, but just just try it. If it's reading more books or listening to more podcasts or writing. There's, also, there's also like as, as the industry grows, there's also way more like, you know, comfortable ways to enter, right? Like a group coaching program uh, that, you know, somebody that's a pretty big name offers, but it's a follow along at your own pace kind of thing. So there's a lot of less intimidating ways to enter it. But the thing that I, I think is also crucial that I fully get now, right? Because I was, I will always be taking, like going to some type of seminar, like, especially when the world opens up again, I can't wait to go to some of those live again. I think you could agree with that. Uh, but some type of like online workshop or training or some way to improve myself, I get it now. Like I fully get that that investment is never wasted and I will be continuing to do this. Right. And like, that's, that's one thing that I didn't kind of understand before because I was looking at the immediate value of the dollars spent on this self-improvement right and i was comparing it to what other things i could purchase with this money yes. now it's almost like i'm looking for more ways to justify spending more money on self-help because the returns are insane and i'm not going to talk figures but i would not have thought my life right now would have been possible go back two to three four years ago right i wouldn't have thought it would have been possible this fast and you know it, it's amazing if you just gather information but also put that information to use and have a plan to continue reinvesting in yourself uh like anything you invest in it improves right mm -hmm. so you know it, it, over time right if you invest enough effort energy and time things usually go up and that applies to most everything right apart from outliers apart from anomalies so Think about that. Are you in this for the long term? Because if it's a lifelong game, you're going to benefit for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask you this because, you know, prices do vary, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, Tony Robbins, again, right? He's been a big part of this show, but apparently it costs a million dollars to have him for a coach for an individual <laughs> session. I don't know where you got those figures, but, you know, what if you don't have a million dollars, Luke? What does somebody do? Well, you know... I've heard him say it actually. So whether or not that was a long time ago, but I've absolutely heard him talk about a million bucks for for a session. And I think he's got you know a year or a multi year waiting list of people wanting to throw a million dollars at him. But I think if you don't have a million dollars, then absolutely the things that we've been speaking about in the last few minutes, find the person that resonates with you. You know, watch some of their content, get a book, book yourself into some seminars. But it's also you know. Who of the people that might be that very, very, very pointy end of that self-development spear, you know, who have learnt from, you know, whether or not it is mindset coach or, you know, body kind of physical experts, money coach or whatnot, like look at the, look at the learnings from some of these individuals that have, that have gone along to these seminars. I know that you mentioned at the start that, you know, you talk about, you know, you're investing in yourself for a year and getting into this amazing kind of program. So people should be looking at that opportunity from you because you're learning from the pointy end of the spear. You know, people look at me and go, okay, well, you know, he's been around 
around and he's worked with individuals for 25 years to understand their behavior. He's, you know, taking study away from, you know, Tony or we've both been to Jay's school or, you know, I also look at, you know, psychologists and therapists and understand what they're talking about. So find individuals that have all of those things um, find individuals that have all of those things within their repertoire. If you can't afford the million bucks, find the information or the pool of information that exists that you can learn some similar stuff. That, that's how I'd approach it. Or start saving. <laughs> yeah, no, 100% do both, actually. But, uh, you know, Tony Robbins is actually one who will also tell you, like, well, I don't have the resources. Well, I don't have the time, right? And he will tell you bullshit to absolutely everything yes. because, you know, yes most people didn't have the resources until they kept working at it till they had the resources, right? So it's like, it's just this, this whole, like, I'm limited now excuse, it, it, it's not valid. And that hurts to hear. I remember being at a point in my life where that sucked to hear, where like that, like literally hurt my ego. I was like, oh man, like, what do you mean? Like, it's not about the resource, not about this. Like I wanted it to be because I was at a point in my life where I wanted it to be. I wanted that crutch. I wanted that excuse because mm. that crutch and that excuse temporarily allows you to feel better about yourself, right? But once you burn the boats to go all the way back, right? And remove any excuses and just accept the truth for what it is, then you can start asking questions and go forward based on those results, right? Like I know I would like to be that and I would like to have more of that in my life. So what is somebody that has more of that in their life? What do they do? What do they become masters of, right? What disciplines do they do? do daily right like like literally if you're curious like i would try this exercise if you're listening to this show is look at some people that you really look up to in different walks of life whatever it might be and try to google what you can about their routine or try to look into rituals that they may have you're going to find that the more successful people get the you know the, the the higher level people get there's almost always going to be some very ritualistic behavior to get them into their flow state you know, almost everybody is going to have some type of sequence. Very few people get to a very high level without being, you know, ritualistic of some sort, you know, and having things that they do that simply bring them to their best on a regular basis. Well, these things don't happen by mistake or accident quite often. There might be some outliers, but more often than not, it's been you know, a steady progress over many, many years and, um, you know, making sure. And you said before, you know, what do people get into or how do people get into flow state? Now, whether or not it's the mind or the body, we don't go out and just run, you know, 50 miles or 100 kilometres without building up to it. You know, we don't sit down and write a amazing, you know, book or write or create music just off the bat. Like, you know, we're actually building up to these particular things. Like, you just don't wake up and all of a sudden go, okay, here we are, finish, finish product. Like you need to start somewhere. And you talked about it at the very, very start or at least halfway through that whole pride piece, like push your pride out of the way. If that is the thing that is holding you back from moving forward, then it's, it's time that you spend some time working on pride and ego to get that out of the way and then move forward into that space. Yeah. No, pride is, uh, pride is a foolish man's burden. You know, it, it, it keeps people from correcting the mistake they made because they got to stick with their original assertion. So one more question I want to throw at you. Uh, last question here. Uh, there are so many different coaches, influencers, uh, life experts. How do you differentiate, man? Are they all the same? Like how much is new news and how much is new theory and, and how much of it is just being repedaled? Like how do you find an original out there? Yeah, I, I think that is the really difficult 
difficult thing. And I don't sit here myself and say, hey, I am, you know, coming up with all of these particular new theories because I don't think there are lots and lots of new theories out there. I think a lot of it is is reworked stuff with a different slant. And, and that's okay because at the end of the way, human behaviour occurs in a particular way. I know that we now know more about in the last decade with how our brain works than ever before. And the last 50 years have changed dramatically compared to what came before that. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of the theories are around the same. You know, we have the same kind of fears, um, you know, have with the same kind of challenges in regards to how we learn things, you know, our predisposition to doing X, Y, and Z. All of these things are still very much same, same. So I don't think there's a lot of new stuff out there. I think you need to find the things that resonate with you. They're the things that you go, right, okay, uh-huh, this is what can make the change for me and, and kind of go from there. And shout out to every coach that's out there, the the 18-year-old coach that's going, I just want to make a change in life all the way through to someone that's been in the industry for 30, 40, 50, 60 years or whatever it is that, that absolutely has been doing this forever. Like shout out to everyone that wants to make a change or help others because um, we all – we all need help, right? So, um, being you know, in the well business done. of helping, helping someone improve a life, you know, Absolutely. like just helping people grow. Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing when it's, it's a beautiful thing when done right, you know, when someone is very, very passionate about it for the right reasons, you know, not in it just to monetize something. Great things can happen and a lot of lives can change for the positive. Absolutely. So, um, you know, and, and we, you know, we spend a, a bit of time on social media, um, you know, and I'll, I'll look at some people. There's a lady in Melbourne. She's a coach and she's on Instagram and she's got 200 followers or something like that. And she is awesome. Every piece of content she puts out there, I read. Um, I read her blogs. Um, you know, I'd shout out now, but her name, unfortunately, has escaped, escaped me. She's over in South Melbourne, but I read her blogs. I look at her website, all this kind of stuff. She's got 200 followers on Instagram. So I look at that and I go, she is incredible. Um, and social media stuff doesn't, doesn't matter. She's doing an amazing job. So, you know, shout out to all these people that are just, just trying to make a difference. But, um, you know, we're heading up to an hour if we're not past it. Uh, and I think it's time we start to bring this to a close. But, you know, what do you think is next for the self-help industry? You know, where do you, where do you see this billion-dollar industry going, Sean? Uh, well, naturally, you know, I kind of understanding capitalism as this business, uh, you know, continues to grow. I definitely see the, uh, the concept of the, like, very, very lavish, you know, bourgeois type of uh, wellness retreat continuing to expand, right? As we hop out of COVID, I see retreats being big business in general, right? People wanting to find themselves like holistic wellness, transformational type retreats out into nature. Uh, I see being a big deal, but I see more and more of the just kind of specialized education and platforms just moving online, right? Like different ways of, of learning, whether it be, you know, like group team learning where, you know, you just like programs being created for, for teams. Uh, but, you know, a lot more of that, right? A lot more of just kind of be able to go to like find what you need and, you know, purchase this. And, you know, then you've just basically kind of uploaded like a little bit longer than it is, you know, in the Matrix when Neo just gets given a, you know, a bit of code and he knows Kung Fu. But, you know, similar in that sense where you can just kind of go shopping for what you want to learn and then you kind of learn that specialty and then off you go. And it's... Uh, you know, just more is going to be accessible to more people. That's that's just kind of what continues to happen. That's what technology does. So people are just going to have to continue to get more creative in how do they 
allow their con their content to rise up and their message to make sure that they are resonating with who they are trying to target and uh, just continue to stay up to date with how that's getting disseminated because I can guarantee you one thing, Luke, is there's going to be one method of delivery or coaching or a shift that's happened in this industry in the next five years that none of us will have seen coming. I guarantee you that. Oh, absolutely. There's, that's, yes. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And what an exciting time that's going to be. Maybe we'll do that, Sean. Maybe we'll do that. But uh, thank you. Thank you to everyone. Thanks to the listeners. If you like it, I encourage you to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your husband, tell your wife, tell everybody. We'll be back in a few weeks for uh, an episode dedicated to myself, I think. I think that's the next episode. I'm looking Yeah, it's your turn, Luke. So I'm going to be uh, peppering you with questions over the next couple of weeks here. Absolutely. Cannot wait for it. So as always, everyone, be safe, be present, be you and Sean. Be fulfilled. All righty everybody. Bye for now. <laughs>